Welcome to the Bible Conversation Podcast with Chris, Dan, and Dylan. Let's have a conversation. Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. Uh, we are happy to be here with a great friend and a, a great brother this week. Um, of course, you know, Dan is not with us again uh, throughout this whole season, too. It'll just be uh, Chris and myself uh, bringing in guests. But our guest this week uh, is is excited to be here, and we're extremely excited to have him, uh, Raul Ferris. Raul, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about yourself? Thank you. Thank you for having me, uh, Chris and Dylan. It is a pleasure to be in your presence today as your brother in Christ. Um, as, you, as you've heard, my name is Raul Ferris, and uh, my wife, her name is Misty. We have four children, Benjamin, Jude, Mickey, and Amelia, and the ages span from 19 to five years of age, and so our home is always going, <laughs> yeah. uh, very much so. And so uh, we, we have a very, very active life. But most importantly, it, it, it makes me happy to tell you all that as a home, we evangelize together. We work together for the work of the Lord. And so about uh, 2015, I was teaching and coaching at Ingram ISD. It's a small town near Kerrville. And the shepherds of our congregation came and asked if I would be interested in entering into youth evangelism. The reason why they asked me if I'd be interested in doing that is I had begun to pick up um, my, my athletes um, and bringing them to Bible study. And we started with one. And within a short period of time, there were over 40 kids. Wow. And so awesome. <laughs> they asked me if I would be interested in doing that. And I kind of I kind of jumped on that idea. And uh, I'm kind of glad I did. I can never see myself doing anything else. Um, than, than this for a living, mm-hmm. but I've always been evangelistic. I've always desired for people to know Jesus, and I'm very passionate about that because my, that's how my mom and dad came to know Christ. And so as a young boy, I watched my parents walk in newness of life. Um, we Somebody knocked on our door, invited us to Bible study, invited us to the joy bus at that time in San Antonio, Texas. We, my mom and dad joyfully kicked us out of the house and onto the bus so that they could go back to sleep, you know, <laughs> and then, um, over time though, they, they would come to know the truth. They, they would obey the gospel. And so my brother and I got to see what it meant to have a home that was actually dedicated to the work of the saints. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of got to see that shift from dedicated to the world to dedicated to Jesus and then um, later on in life, um, I would join the military and I would fall away from 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 our Lord and Savior. And I would have the church kind of leave the 99 to go find the one kind of thing. And so I was restored. And so um, because of that, I'm very passionate about seeking the lost. And I'm also very passionate about restoring the fallen because I've kind of been both. That's amazing. And that's exactly why um, we wanted to have you on today, uh, Raul. We wanted to talk about evangelism. And sometimes you, you, we use the word evangelism. And it, I don't know if it means the same thing to everyone. And I don't know if it even makes sense in everyone's head when we use the term evangelism. And so um, just to kind of get the ball rolling um, with our discussion today, I kind of wanted to ask, how would you define evangelism? What is evangelism? Is it just as simple as telling someone about Jesus or is it 
more than just sharing your faith? Do you need to do more than just tell people I'm a Christian? Sure, sure. Okay, those are great questions. First off, you know, the word evangelism, what does that mean? Um, And then when you use that word outside of people that have not grown up with a religious background, it may mean a lot of things to them. Or it just might be like, why are you using a word that that I don't even understand? And so, you know, when I talk about evangelism, I'm talking about seeking the sinner. Okay, seeking the sinner. So when I talk about why we should evangelize rather than say, why should we evangelize? I say, why should we seek the sinner? So to me, evangelism is seeking the sinner. And so that's what evangelism is to me as, as far as a, a, a central theme of it. Um, and then just uh, telling people about Jesus. Well, <laughs> wow, that's a that's 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 a, a tall order, right? Yeah, it is. Um, where, where, where do I start? Where do I start? And so, yes. What did the woman at the well do? And I think that she sets a great example for all of us. She comes in John chapter four. She's thirsty. She wants water. Jesus Christ and her have a conversation. It uh, leads to her, um, her simple lifestyle. She diverts that question into a question of where should we worship, which comes to our knowledge of worshiping in spirit and truth. There's so much jam packed there, but we notice what she does. She leaves her jar at the wells. Now she was thirsting for water. And Jesus Christ gave her living water and she leaves her jar at the well and she runs and she goes to tell the men of her community that that she has found the Messiah. And so, yes, it is just as simple as telling others about Jesus. But it's also more than just that. It's it's inviting others to have a true study of the word of God. Hmm. Um, so let me explain it this way. I'll put it this way. Have you, uh, Dylan, uh, Chris, have y'all ever seen hummingbirds? Yes. yes. Okay. And what is it that we put out for hummingbirds? Um, I don't know. Bird seed. I would say hummingbird feeders. <laughs> hummingbird feeders. And what do we put in those hummingbird feeders? Bird seed. Okay, we we put in sugar water, right? Oh, sugar water. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I meant by bird seed. (laughs) There you go. We put in sugar water, but what does God provide for hummingbirds? Um, Nectar from flowers. He provides he provides nectar. Okay, now which one of those is the absolute best for the hummingbird? Definitely the nectar. Definitely the nectar. And so here we live in a world where people are attracted to Jesus. Just as they are, just as a hummingbird is attracted to a flower naturally, Mm -hmm. and they want to meet Jesus, they have so many problems. The same things that we see in Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is the solution to all of those problems, and Jesus is still the solution to all of our problems today. Okay, but in their pursuit to find the Messiah, they have a church on every corner, and they're all providing sugar water. And, and, but what, and so the, the, the sad thing is, is that those people that are professing to be Christians, they're professing to be Christians and they're not, but they're, 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 um, they're, they're professing truly fake Christianity. 
And so here I come with all my luggage, all my problems, and I'm not finding, I'm not finding true salvation. You're not finding anything more than sugar water. I'm not finding any more than sugar water because so, most people are not practicing Christianity. Hmm. I really like that analogy because uh, it shows the, the depth of, of scripture. It shows the depth that we need to, to be at in our study um, and, and really digging into the word. But it, it makes me think, you know, how do we get people to, to understand that, that they're only taking in sugar water and there's something more there, there's nectar out here. How, how do we get people to, to make the transition from only wanting sugar water to wanting that nectar? First and foremost, it's, you know, what Jesus Christ would call us fools if we hear his word and we don't practice it. Matthew chapter seven, the wise man is he who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Mm -hmm. And so first and foremost, in order to be a Christian, Dylan and Chris, you and I need to hear the words of Christ. And then we need to do more than just memorize scripture. We need to do more than just read scripture. We need to put that scripture into actual practice. Mm. And so by doing that, you know, I'm letting my light shine by doing that. I'm living the true life of a Christian. And so it's kind of like a, a hummingbird seeing a true flower and a hummingbird seeing a, 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 a some sugar water. That sugar water is eventually going to run out. And it's going to leave that hummingbird thirsting, but that nectar of that flower, God's going to always provide, right? Well, well, when that, when a person is wanting to seek Christ and I am living my faith, I am practicing my faith. I am being what the church was in Antioch in Acts chapter 11, where they were first called Christians. Um, when, when I'm being a Christian, well, then if you've been attracted to false Christianity and that's ran out on you, well, then you're going to see somebody that's really being what they've been called to be. Yeah. And so you'll so, attract the truth. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy the, the conversation so far and just the idea of, of, you know, evangelism is really, at least the way that I am understanding uh, what you're talking about is incumbent upon the person who is trying to evangelize to live their lives in such a way that Christ has shown through them. Uh, and, and kind of reminds me as you're talking about uh, the idea of not just memorizing, not just reading, but, but, uh, but living the word, right? James chapter one, uh, really starting in verse 19, really the majority of James, you can probably, uh, or at least a good portion of it to take into this uh, category, but uh, starting, excuse me, verse 22 of James chapter one, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And I think it's so important that we understand that Christianity is not something that we can just say we are and then do nothing about it. Christianity is not something that we can say we are and only read the scriptures because the scriptures should convict us to do something. The scriptures should be there as a, uh, to, to light the fire, so to speak. We sing that devotional song, light the fire. Well, that's what the scriptures are. The scripture is, is, is a sword. It's piercing to the, to the division of marrow and, and, and soul. And, and it should light a fire in us to do something 
about what God and what Jesus has told us. Uh, so I, I really enjoy the, the thoughts that you're presenting here. And I do also like the, the hummingbird analogy. That was, that was really good. I, I also would, would, would say this. So in order for uh, in, in the truth of the matter is, is that first I need to come to grasp with a very important question, Dylan and Chris. And it's this. Do I honestly believe that without Christ, people will die? an eternal death and be separated from God forever. Hmm. Because if I don't believe that, if I believe that, that all of these, all of these denominations and all of these, um, all of these community churches are all going to be okay. And all these faiths are going to be okay. Then I'm not going to live out my faith, but that's not what scripture says. We have to see, that the Messiah, the anointed one, Jesus Christ, had a purpose. John would point it out as he would see Jesus in John chapter 1, verse number 29. He would say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. As, as Joseph would hear about the purpose of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, not only would he be told that you're going to name him Jesus, Jesus means Savior, Yeshua, are you going to name him Jesus? He says in verse 21, for he will take away his sins, the sins of his people. And so we see that the purpose of Jesus is redemption. The purpose of Jesus is salvation. And I want to put it this way for you guys. I want you to imagine that right now I'm a firefighter. Okay. Okay. And I bust in the door. Okay. And I've got, I've got the gear on Dylan. And, yeah. and I know you're a big dude, so I'm, I know it's just, this is really kind of crazy. But I throw you and I do that fireman's carry, right? Yeah. And I, and I drag you out of the building and I throw you on the ground. Well, what do you, what do you, what's the purpose of a firefighter? To save the people. To save people from, from fire, right? Or danger, yeah. right? Yeah. And so if there is no danger, if, if I did all of that for nothing – you and Chris would look at me like, this is the silliest thing ever. This is bizarre. If it was anybody else, they might get up and fight you. <laughs> yeah, they, I, absolutely. Why not? Because, because they're, at the end of the day, this is vain. This is worthless. Notice what John writes in his first letter to the church in 1 John. We're going to focus our attention on verse number 8 and verse number 10. It says, verse number 8, if we say we have no sin... We are deceiving ourselves and the fruit is not in us. And then verse number 10, it says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Well, who's the liar? God is the liar because God said, I so I love the world so much and I don't want the world in sin that I'm going to send my only son. John chapter three, verse number 16. Well, what's the purpose? If we turn around and say, no, we don't have sin, then we're calling God a liar. That's right. Well, it's kind of like the house is on fire and I'm looking at you. I'm the firefighter and I've got the ax and I'm, I broke down the door and you're going, this house isn't on fire. <laughs> right. And I mean, it's smoldering and beams are falling all over the place. And, you know, and everyone in the house is crying and some people are running out of the house to be saved. And, and you're just going, that's the silliest thing ever. Now, we would do that, uh, um, Dylan, we, 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 you and I and Chris, we would say that's, that's silly. No one would ever do that. But the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus came to redeem us, to buy us back, 
to buy us back from sin because there was sin. And he didn't want sin to separate us. Isaiah 59 tells us that verses one and two, that sin separates us from God. And so the Messiah came so that we wouldn't have to be separate from God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And so if I, if the purpose of, of evangelism is for me to tell you that you don't have to be separated from God, there, there is bad news. The bad news is, is that you do have sin. The bad news is if you continue in this, it'll cost you your eternal life. But the good news is you can have the grace, the mercy of God, and you can be saved. And that's what, that's what gets me every time, guys. So how hard is it, though, to get people to realize they're in a burning building? If they don't want to realize it and you're trying to tell them the building is burning around you come yeah. on let, like you, you got to come outside how do we get folks to realize the building's burning when they don't want to realize the building's burning you know what i mean yep it is not my job it is not my job dylan to 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 to, to try to uh um show you that that the that the building's on fire okay okay i would say this knowing the fear of god we reason with men okay and so Apply that to Matthew chapter 13 when Jesus is explaining uh, the parable of the sower. What was the job of the sower? His, his, throw job, the seed out there. his job was to throw the seed. Now, he threw the seed on some that did not even, I mean, they received it. And boom, quickly it was eaten up, you know. And mm-hmm. some of it landed on the, on the rocks and it had no way to get root. And, and the sun came out and it, it went away because of persecution we learned. And then the other was because of, of the busyness of life, the lies of the try to gain of in this world. And that choked them out. That was the weeds. But some of it fell on, on healthy soil and it produced and it gave forth fruit. And so our job as evangelists is to just cast the seed. And we keep doing that to the people that are in the burning building and the people that are out of the burn, <laughs> burning building, you know, yeah. and we can, we can, to do that. I like it when you phrase it like that. Our, our job is just to cast the seed and people are the soil, whatever soil that it lands on. We're just, we're, we're putting the word of God out there for people to see. And, and I really like thinking about it in that term, because that's in a sense, more or less marketing. <laughs> we have to sure. make sure that everyone has heard the message. And I mean, look at some of the big companies, Amazon, make sure everyone hears the message that, uh, that they exist. Coca-Cola, make sure everyone hears the message that they exist. We need to make sure that we are make that everyone is hearing the message that, that Jesus came to save them. Uh, we are essentially the marketing department for Christ. That's right. And the marketing department for everything in this world will go away. Grass withers, flowers fall, but the word of the Lord remains forever, correct? Absolutely. That's the word that I want to get out to this world. Um, And and so um, it's it's how I've always been um, since being restored to the church. It's like like what Paul writes to the Ephesian church, um, Chris, is, is that he's redeeming the time, you know, make the most of the time. I know I can't go back. I, I know I can't live in regret, but I can make sure that whatever God gives me today is, is used to his glory. Yeah. So let me share with y'all um, 
two evangelism stories that happened this week. Is that cool? Yeah. That happened just this week? Just this week. Awesome. Yeah. I think Chris has something to say real quick before oh, you Okay, go, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that is striking me, um, and, and I don't think we've used the phrase, but is the idea of personal responsibility. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Raul, Dylan, myself, as, as Christians, we have a personal responsibility to sow the seed. We do not have a personal responsibility to force a horse to drink water, right? But we do have a responsibility to bring that horse to water, to sow the seed, to spread the seed. And as, as we look in Philippians 2, chapter, 12, uh, chapter 2, verse 12, okay. Uh, Therefore, my beloved, you have always obeyed. So now not only is in my presence, much more uh, in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. When we have done our job, I, you know, the, the point that you were making earlier, it's not your job to make sure that somebody knows that the house is on fire, right? Right, uh, but, right. It, but it is our job to, to sow that, to spread that seed. And, and I think the idea of personal responsibility is absolutely critical in understanding this, because if people are not willing to take responsibility for their lives, for their salvation, for, for anything in their own life, well, that's on them. Because at the end of the day, we're going to be judged individually by God. We're not going to be judged in groups. We're not going to be judged as a family unit. We're going to be judged individually because we have each had the opportunity to follow God or not. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's just really important to to kind of point out and make very apparent is the idea of personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and, and let me let me explain something very, very important. You know, um, I love evangelism. Evangelism's the easy part, brothers. Okay, uh, the the difficult part is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse number nineteen, and teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. So now we have this new uh, new brother, new sister in Christ, and now they need to learn and be instructed on what it looks like, what it is to truly walk in newness of life. Romans chapter six, verse number four, and so. Yes, we have a personal responsibility, but that personal responsibility, when we immerse that person into Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, it, it, it really becomes it really becomes uh, um, and it really becomes important. I'd encourage everybody listening, every brother and sister in Christ right now, if you do not have a new converts class set up right now, that 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 you get that going right now, because a lot of people have been immersed into Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. But notice what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He writes there, he says, I planted, verse number 6, I planted Apollos water, God gave the increase. Well, sometimes we're we're not doing the planting. Sometimes we're doing the planting, but we're not doing the watering, you know? And and so we, we want to make sure that those people are growing, growing in Christ. It's so important, Dylan. It's so important, Chris, because then their strength, their faith is going to be fortified. And they'll uh, and and they'll be able to do more for the kingdom themselves. I think okay. the really cool way we can look at that as well is, you know, you're saying the easy part is evangelism. The hard part is to teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. You know, yeah. if I probably talk to some of our teachers here in the congregation, they would tell me the opposite. They say, "No, it's hard to evangelize. I can. It's easy to teach them." And and that shows the strengths in the body of Christ. That shows the talents that God has given each of us. Your talent role is to go out and bring people in. Other talents are to teach them what's been commanded. And then there's other folks who have the talents to encourage and, and keep them in the body of Christ. And um and that's the that's the beauty of the church. Yeah, and Dylan, I mean, you're 
you're you're you're you're you're like basically speaking right out of Ephesians chapter four, right? Absolutely. With, I just preached the, on that about a month ago. <laughs> there you go. That's I mean, that's why it's just it's just coming out of you to God be all the glory. Um, but we've got to do that part. I mean, talented or not, we've got to do that part. Build that person's faith up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so evangelism, it, it, it's it's it's. Okay. Oh, oh, I know what I want to say. I'm sorry, guys. I get, I get stoked. All right. Um, Galatians chapter two. Yeah. Galatians chapter two, verse number 20, right? Yes. I was hoping that you're going to bring this up. Okay. I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life, which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Um, let me ask you guys a few questions. All right. I'll start off with Chris. Chris, did Jesus yes. evangelize? Yes. Okay. Dylan, did Jesus edify? Absolutely. Chris, was Jesus benevolent? Yes. Then I should be all those things as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christ I, cannot, us. I cannot read this scripture and say Jesus Christ is alive in me, but not tell the world about G- about him. Yeah. Well, that goes back to the book of Acts. I believe it's, uh, I want to say chapter six or seven, right? But uh, you, you've got the, the apostles who have been on on trial. Um, yes. And they said, how can I not but speak and hear of the things of which I've seen? I'm, I'm looking for the verse uh, right now, but um, but I mean, what a what a way to to answer someone who says you can't speak of this, right? We don't have that issue today. We don't have the issue of, you know, can't speak about it, but absolutely. But here the apostles absolutely. are saying, "How can I not? Like, how can I not speak of what I've seen and heard?" And 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 you know, as as I've grown in my faith, I've realized more and more it's not they're not talking about the fact that Jesus lived. They're talking about the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead, right? Yeah. Like he was in he was in the grave for three days, yeah. and he rose again with with all of the the physical mars and wounds that he had thomas even put his fingers inside of him right but right. but jesus rose from the dead that's what these people are talking about they're not talking about the fact that jesus lived they're talking about the fact that he rose from the dead and because he rose we know that everything he said is from god and is godly and is truthful and i think that's so so crucial you know we yep. we have not seen christ raised from the dead but we have the personal accounts. We have historical records. We have the knowledge that it has happened. It is historical. It's not fiction. It's not fantasy. It's not uh, whatever the case may be. It's it's truthful. Sure. And, sure. And, and you're quoting you're quoting from Acts chapter four, thank uh, you. verse nineteen and twenty. Thank uh, you. I was going the wrong way. I went to Acts six. No, no. I went the wrong no, way. No, you're you're <laughs> golden. You're golden. No worries. But here's the thing. You know it. it, it I've been crucified with Christ. We know that when you've been baptized into Christ, that you've been baptized into his death. You've put to death the old man. You've been crucified with Christ so that you can be resurrected with uh, with Christ. Romans chapter six. And so if I say that, then I can't help myself. Honestly, I mean, Chris, I can't help myself. I'm evangelizing because Jesus Christ is alive in me. Yeah. I'm strengthening, I'm edifying, I'm as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. I'm sharpening my brothers and sisters, and I'm being sharpened by them as well. Why? Because Christ is alive in us. Yeah. I'm being benevolent, and I'm showing benevolence 
to the world. I'm showing benevolence to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, which Jesus Christ would say is evangelistic. By this, they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for what? For one another. And so it's it, even benevolence is evangelistic. Edifying people is evangelistic. It's all the work of the church. It's tied together. It's ticking. It's talking. It's working together. It's not these separate works. It's all the work of the church, and it's tied together. And I can't help myself, guys. I've been crucified with Christ. Amen. I'm not alive anymore. Christ Jesus is alive in me. And I, I want Jesus. Here's the deal. Did Jesus want life for everyone? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I want life for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can't role, help myself. <laughs> It really, it, it fires me up when I get to have these kind of conversations with you. And um, if anyone listening to this uh, doesn't know Raul that well, um, Raul is the kind of guy who, when you're done talking with him, you're going to say, let's go out now. Let's go talk with people now. I got to tell them about Jesus. And, and um, I try to make it a point to call Raul at least once every couple of months, just so I can have that that charge. It feels like, you know, the feeling of when your phone is about to die and you plug it into the charger and you're like, ah, oh, I see the little, the little battery icon lights up and, and you're like, I'm, it's not going to, it's not going to die. That's, that's the feeling of talking with Raul. It, it's like plugging your oh, phone I, in. You're like, thanks. oh, let's go do it now. Um, to God be the glory. Thank you for your, thank you for your encouraging words. I would say this to anybody listening to me here, here's, here's, Here's my, my number. My phone number is 210-253-0901. If you want to learn more about Jesus Christ, I want you to call me. If you want to learn more about spreading the message of Jesus Christ, I want you to call me. If you want to go out and spread the word of Jesus Christ, I want to help you. Mm -hmm. But I also want to be helped by you. You know, I, I, I just, like I said, fellas, I can't help myself. This, this is the best thing since sliced bread, right? Amen. Uh, and so, I'd say it's better uh, than sliced bread. <laughs> better than sliced bread. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Got to throw in some colloquialisms everywhere. <laughs> well, Raul, um, you know, you mentioned a little bit ago that you had a couple of stories that just happened this week. Yeah. I don't yeah. know about Chris, but I'd really like to hear those. Yeah, I would too. So here, here's, here's what happened. Uh, I'm in the dentist chair and I don't know why, but they try to talk to you while they got their instruments in your mouth. <laughs> Every time, okay. literally every, every time. time. And, and so the lady, she's, she's cleaning my teeth, you know, and she goes, so what do you do for a living? You know, <laughs> rinse between rinse and spit, you know, I've been given what I've been given an opportunity here, guys. Yeah. Okay. So I, I tell the lady, I, I'm an evangelist. And I tell her, I said, what that means is I study with people, the word of God. And I can study with you in your house or my house or under an oak tree, wherever you want, or, or even use like Zoom or, or Google Duo. And she's like, really? You would do that for me? I said, yeah, I'd love to do that for you and your family. And so she gives me her number and I sent her a text message and I'm waiting on a response. You know, so right there in the dentist chair with the, you know, the, the jazz music that they play and all that other silly yeah. stuff and all the noises and the instruments. What is that? That's an opportunity. And, and so we pass up opportunities all the time. Now, when you think about opportunities, I want you to think about Paul's attitude towards opportunity. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 10, when he's asked by the apostles to remember the poor, he says, the very thing I was eager to do, right? Yeah. 
And so when we are eager to tell people about Jesus, then it's going to be the dentist chair. Yeah, that, that'd be like somebody telling you, um, I want to remind you to, to tell people about Jesus. And you're like, that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and so then then the same day, like we have a delivery brought to our house for tiles, for flooring. I mean, to our house. And and uh, it's the lady as it, uh, drives it and she asks me, she says, what do you do for a living? And I tell her and she says, well, have you ever prayed for anybody and, and they've been healed? And I said, well, you know, um, I've prayed for people that have had illnesses and those illnesses have been have been taken away from them. But it's you know, that's God's doing. And she goes, the power isn't within you. It's within God. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And she just she's she says, well, she says, well, I'm a two time cancer survivor, you know, breast cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. And I believe in the power of prayer. And so I quickly ran inside my house. I I carried with me um, these uh, Bibles that I purchased from uh, World Bible School. You can get them for like, you know, uh, $4.25 a piece. And they're they're study Bibles. They're really Very, very handy little study Bibles. And so I take my business card and I throw it in there. And then I take another card and I write her a little quick note. And I was happened to have like uh, two other ministers with me and another brother in Christ that were helping me unload that. And I said, Hey guys, let's gather around and have a prayer for this lady. You know? So we prayed for her and I gave her a Bible and she's like in tears. And she's like, I just, I, I didn't, I, I'm not sure how to express myself. And I said, it's okay. And I, you know, in case she's listening, I want to embarrass her, you know, but I said, I said, you know, just, just give me a call. We will pray together and we'll study the word of God. And, you know, right there, That happened on Tuesday, by the way. Okay, Mm -hmm. right there, both of those events on the same day. You know, that's awesome. Well, and that's how, as a coach in the school, you grew that that class from what what was it, five kids to forty kids, and then the church was like, "We need to make sure that he doesn't go anywhere. We need to make sure we 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 hire him and keep him here because because he's a true evangelist." That's awesome, Raul. Well, um, um, so you asked me uh, maybe for uh, an evangelism story of someone actually putting on Christ. Yes. Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, I've, I've got this uh, a former athlete. Um, her, I, I, I use, I put on Facebook from time to time, like, how can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I had a parent use that as to say, would you please pray for my child? And so I said, I'd love to pray for your child. Um, why don't you give them my number? And they said, well, I, I doubt they'll reach out to you. I said, well, please try. And uh, that was on, on Facebook Messenger, on, on the private messenger, right? Yeah. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I did the can I pray for you thing. And, and up comes the, will you continue to pray for my child? And I said, I'd, I'd love to. I said, why don't this time you give me her number and I'll call her, okay? So I sent the young lady a text and I was like, hey, so-and-so, this is Coach Ferris. Which she responded, Hey, how's it going? And then the next one was, wait, how did you get my number? <laughs> and, um, and I said, I just cut straight to the chase. And I said, would you like, I know about your problem. Would you like to know about Jesus Christ and be set free from drug addiction? And she says, yes. That's awesome. And so I began to study with her while she's in the mess. And I get a call from her. She's up in Oklahoma and she wants to be baptized into Christ. So I begin to call every evangelist I know and 
put out Facebook requests. Does anyone have a uh, 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 um, somebody that can baptize this young lady into Christ? I've been studying with her. And so this evangelist responds to my request. He goes up there and then I get a phone call like six hours later from him saying I couldn't baptize her. She was still under the influence. Oh, wow. And so I was kind of frustrated about that. But I understand, you know, that's a decision you need to make in the right mind, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, um, the day later, I get a call from the young lady. We're still working working things out. At this point, I'm in Beeville doing an evangelism workshop with uh, with the Adam Street Church of Christ there with Daniel Garza. And uh, he, she says she says to me, she calls me coach still. She says, Coach, I, I was I was I was I was sober enough. I know what I'm doing, you know. But I didn't I didn't look sober. I'm not going to argue, you know. I'm not going to argue with anybody. I said, Well, let's let's study some more. And she says, I'm ready to put on Christ. And I said, by, by that time, I was like, well, where are you? And she said, well, I took your advice and I got, I got back home. I said, okay. So she, that means she's in Kerrville. So from Oklahoma to Kerrville, okay, it's quite a drive. And so I said, all right, well, um, you just make your way to the church building. And I text her the address and she said, well, well, who's going to be there? I said, don't you worry about that, you know, and uh, you just drive there. And so um, I called Kevin Kasparik. He's our, our, our preaching minister. I said, hey, Kevin, what you doing? He says, I'm about to go to lunch. I said, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, I told him what was happening. And then I got on the phone and I called as many other members of the Lord's church, you know, please go to the building, get to the building. Because the thing is, is that that we when 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 people are brought into Christ, they need companionship. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And she's about to give up drugs and alcohol. You think she's going to do that by herself? Not at all. And so I wanted as many members of the Lord's church to surround her. I couldn't be there, you know? And she said, well, I'm here at the building. I said, good. You hang up with me and, and call me when it's all done, you know? And, uh, uh man, I just sat down and started crying, you know? Um, well, well now she is celebrated, over 90 days of sobriety. That's awesome. I I study with her a minimum of twice a week. We do mini studies because of like on her lunch break. Yeah. Um, um, And because of her faith, the, the mother that texted me, Hey, would you pray for my child? Her mother has now been immersed into Christ. (laughs) That's That's really cool. And she's, spreading the message of Jesus amongst all of her friends that she knew. And so we kind of see that, right? When, when Matthew is called the tax collector, when he's called uh, and Jesus comes, well, who's in Matthew's house, but tax collectors and sinners. Mm-hmm. And so who is this young lady, this now sister in Christ? Um, who is she telling Jesus about, but other people that she knows from her previous lifestyles? And everyone's seeing the change in her, you know, and of course she, we have, we have, we together, you know, I'm doing my part. My part is strengthening her faith. Okay. Yeah. Um, But she's also seeking counseling. You know, she's also surrounding herself with other brethren. There are, there are other brethren here at Riverside who have made it, uh, made it a, a, a point to go to be with her, you know, to, to strengthen her, to check on her. Um, to be that iron that she needs, right? That's amazing. Well, so, stories like this are are just 
so encouraging and shows that, you know, when I go out and sow the seed, things happen. People, people come to Christ. Amen. There's good soil out there. Well, Amen. I really appreciate you coming on here and having this conversation Thank with you. us. Um, it, it, it honestly, it makes me want to get out right now just, and walk around and say, and, and find people, find opportunities um, Let's go. To, to insert Christ into the conversation. So absolutely. As, as always with all of uh, the folks listening online, y'all know how to contact us. Uh, Bible, uh, KCOC Bible conversations at gmail.com. Uh, you know, you can find Chris Carrillo on Facebook, Dylan Bruce on Facebook, find Raul Ferris on Facebook. Send us a message. Find Bible Conversations on Facebook. Raul, you want to give your number one more time? My phone number is 210-253-0901. Awesome. And uh, really, contact us if you have any questions. If you want to study, if you, you want to know, how, how do I do this? Is it really possible for me to get out there and, and share Jesus? Yeah, it's possible. So. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Raul, we appreciate you coming on. Mm-hmm. I appreciate being here. You know, uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19, go. And so that's Amen. my encouragement for y'all. Amen. Thank you. And everyone stay tuned and our contact information will be played one more time. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Conversations podcast. I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook, and share our posts. You can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can even leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also partnering with Ministry League. This is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith. We love you all. Now let's go start a conversation.